amazing and gentle, loving hands those are as he molds us and he shapes us. This morning we want to talk about a tool that he gives um, to provide for that molding and that shaping and that as we continue in our series on parenting and talk about our responsibilities as parents and the authority and the opportunity we have to participate in the molding and the shaping of our children. Let's open with a word of prayer this morning and I'll say to Eric, uh, the order is nice and it, it makes it more restful, but I think it's good to mix it up occasionally. So whether you chose to or not, that's fine, but it doesn't hurt a thing to mix it up sometimes. So. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for your amazing love for us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you use elements of this life to mold us, to shape us, Lord, that each, each part of our life, each circumstance of our life is not out of your control, Father. And you use those circumstances to mold us and to shape us. You use your spirit to minister to our spirits, to speak into our lives, to guide us, Father. And we praise you and we thank you for that, Lord. I pray for your guidance this morning, Lord, as we look at the opportunity, as we look at the responsibility that we have as parents to establish boundaries and to see what, those ba- what boundaries really mean and the tool that they are and the responsibility that we have with them, Father. We just pray for your guidance through this text this morning, Lord, and through this discussion this morning, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you notice this morning in the bulletin, we have one verse listed as our scripture, and you know my typical method is to, is expository preaching, to take a text and then to bring the message directly out of that text, and this morning's going to still, my prayer and, and my, my belief is that it's still very scripturally based, but we'll be bouncing around to various scriptures, and maybe not just focused on one specific one this morning. So I pray that you can follow along and that you can follow my thoughts and, and see what God has for us through this this morning. So I just want to give you a little heads up that it may appear a little different this morning than what you're used to from me. Well, I want to start by asking a question this morning, and, and what are boundaries? When you think of boundaries, what do you think of? And first thing that came to my mind when I think of boundaries are sports. You know, basketball courts have boundaries, baseball fields have boundaries. Every sport has a boundary of some sort, a boundary line to define the playing area. Um, you, and you have boundaries in the rules in, in the game and what you can and can't do. Uh, you can also think of property. You know, we recently just traded some property for our building project, and we moved our boundaries so that we could put an access road to the back of our property here. Um, the government establishes boundaries. Some of us have, obviously not me since I don't drive, but some of us have encountered our uh, law officials when we're, when we're driving, when we violate the rules that the government has put in place. Those are boundaries that are set for us. There's boundaries as we drive down the road to keep us on the road and to keep us from running into each other's paths. Those are all examples of boundaries in our lives. And, and just in general, what do those boundaries do? What do they do for us? Well, as we talked about order just a little bit. They create order. Those boundaries create order. Can you imagine in a completely boundaryless world the disorder that we would be living in? There would be complete and utter chaos. There wouldn't be rest. There wouldn't be peace, would there? And the other thing they do is they define responsibility. You know, boundaries are set that kind of declare what our responsibilities are, what our jobs are, what we are asked, what is asked of us. Boundaries can define that for us. Uh, boundaries can limit us. They can keep us from doing things that are harmful or invading into other people's spaces, like the boundaries on the road, 
like the property lines, you know, we, we can only build buildings on, on ground that is within the boundary lines that we've established with the ground that we purchased or the ground that we've leased. You know, they limit us. Sadly, in our humanity, we don't want to be limited, do we? Being limited by someone outside of us, sometimes it, it kind of works, kind of stirs us up, doesn't it? And boundaries can tend to do that. But the reality is, boundaries are essential, not only in our day-to-day lives and in interacting with the physical world, but boundaries are essential in our Christian walk. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Quite a statement, isn't it? What does that mean? I ask another question. What did walls do for a city? We don't see very many walled cities today, do we? That's kind of a thing of the past. But what did they do for the cities in Bible times? Well, number one, they defined the boundaries of the city. Those walls were the city limits. Right now, I don't know if... I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly where the Washington city limits are by any means. I know recently they just moved them closer to us, farther out this way, and brought our house within the two-mile fringe. So I wouldn't be able to tell you what those city limits were, but back when they had walls, you knew exactly what the city limits were. The walls also at that time, they protected the city from external enemies. They were a means of defense because it was a kind of an unrestful time back then. They, they had to protect their cities from enemies. The other thing that the walls did was specified what the people were responsible for. You know, we said it defined the boundaries of the city. Well, the people that lived in that city knew that they were responsible for everything within those walls. So they knew what the responsibility was. They knew what they had to take care of. As I talked about, we, in our humanity, we kind of resist boundaries, don't we? And we live in a world that doesn't really want to be told what to do, don't we? In fact, you've probably heard the the old uh, phrase, you're not the boss of me. And we don't use that so much in, in modern society today as adults, but in reality, it's what we mean. And we have all this, every time that you try to speak out against an immorality or something, that someone is just pure sin, the, the rising up is, you're invading on my rights. You can't tell me what to do. And we have that in social issues with abortion, with the homosexuality, the same-sex marriage. Those are issues where people, not even everybody who is rising up against it even agrees with it, but they don't want you to tell them what to do. So they don't want you laying boundaries down for someone else because they don't want any boundaries themselves. And another tool, another angle they'll come at is, well, if you don't let me do what I want, then you're not loving me. You you need to love me, and that means you need to let me do what I want to do, whatever I feel like doing. And that's another angle that they use to try to basically throw us back and to, and to get us off their backs, pretty much. I want to ask you another question this morning. We've talked a little bit about boundaries, and this is going a little bit different avenue, but the question is, how would you define your home? And you say, well, that's kind of a general question, Kevin. And I'm going to give you two choices. Is your home child-ran or parent-ran? Is it child-led or parent-led? Who's in charge at your house? You don't have to answer that out loud. And it may change from day to day. But I want to challenge you this morning and tell you that you're not servants to your children. You are parents to your children. Your children are not in charge. 
And society has given a lot more power to children and have tried to stand in and take parents' authority away. That's not what God intended, and that's not the way it is meant to function. So again, I tell you, you're not your children's servants. You're your children's parents. How do we parent? We're parents, so how do we parent? Well, the number one thing, and it's the focus of our, of our message here this morning, is we define boundaries with our children. That's what parenting is, is setting limits, guiding them, and teaching them. We define boundaries for our children. Well, how do we define boundaries? Well, the first thing we want to look at is what is the purpose of these boundaries that we're supposedly supposed to define? What is the purpose of them? Well, the first thing is it's not to change their behavior. You say, wait a minute, Kevin, I don't want them acting up like they do. I want them to stop acting up. But that can't be our focus. And we talked about that in one of our earlier messages. We can't focus on changing that behavior. The purpose of boundaries is to, in effect, change our children's hearts, not their behavior. When, we change, when their hearts are changed, the effect will be that their behavior will change. The reality is that good boundaries result in self-protection. You say, what do you mean? Okay, have you ever told your child, the stove's hot, don't touch it? That's a boundary. It's a boundary to protect them. The street is busy. You can't play in the street because a car will hit you. That's a boundary. That's a protective boundary to protect the health of your child. You can't live on Pop-Tarts. That's a boundary. It's to protect the health of your child. I was tempted when I was a child. Boundaries also teach your children to take responsibility for their actions. It, unfortunately, it is a tendency of parents to go into mama bear and papa bear mode when their children do something wrong. Parents, we have a responsibility to discern if our children are responsible for what they're being accused of or what has happened. And for us to step in and automatically take their side, and often parents do it when they don't even know the story behind what happened. We, part of setting boundaries is allowing the consequences to come to our children, to allow them to take responsibility for their actions. That is a form of a boundary, to, to allow the, the consequences to be applied to our children for their actions. Some parents would tend to step in and, and take the consequences because they don't want to see their children suffer. And all they're doing is delaying something in their children because they're eventually going to suffer for the heart condition that caused whatever it caused to bring those consequences. So part, another essential part of boundaries is allowing the consequences in, in, in causing our children to take responsibility for their actions. Another benefit of boundaries is delaying gratification. What do you mean by that? Let's look at the, the Old Testament and just in general, looking at manna. It's like, why would I, def- why would I deny my children? I, they want it, I have it, why can't I just give it to them? What's the big deal? If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 16, it says, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know? Why? Why did he do this? He fed them with manna for 40 years. Why? That he might 
humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Why did they have to eat this bread that fell out of heaven every day? And that's all they ate for 40 years. You think God could have gave him a steak dinner every night? You think God could have mixed it up and one night was Mexican and one night was Italian and one night was steak? Absolutely he could have. But he answered him here. It was for their good that he might humble them and test them. Now, the reality is in order for us to deny things to our children, we have to deny ourselves, and that's, that's ultimately where the issue comes in often. We don't really want to deny ourselves. We have the means. Let's do it. Well, guess what? Our children are eventually going to have to wait for things. And if we take our opportunity to set boundaries and to teach them how to wait, what it means to wait, the beauty of waiting, develop their humility, develop their patience, in a controlled environment, then they won't just be confronted with it all of a sudden. God fed his children manna for 40 years to provide their nourishment, but also to provide an education for their hearts, to establish a humility and a patience in their hearts. Boundaries have that power to do the same thing in our children when we teach them limits when we teach them to, to wait. We have opportunity as parents to do that. Another uh, blessing of boundaries is the, the ability to respect others, to teach our children to respect other people. A couple weeks ago when Amanda and I went to the CMC conference, we were staying in a hotel near Hartville. And when we went to bed, I believe it was the first night, couple doors down, there was quite a party going on. A lot of laughter, uh, raised voices, cheering, and it went on well into midnight or later. And I contemplated a couple times calling the front desk because it, it was very loud. And it was frustrating to me. And then it got even more frustrating when I got up the next morning. Because as we went out of our motel room and we walked down the hall, there was a note on the door of quite obviously, the room that was raising the ruckus and said, this is the so-and-so wedding party. We had a late night last night. Please respect our privacy. I sinfully told the girls, I said, I think I'm going to knock on the door. (laughs) But I didn't. But in the meantime, we were telling our girls constantly when we get out of the elevator, elevator, please be quiet. There's other people trying to sleep in this hotel. Apparently, those people in that room didn't get the message when they were little. And they may have been taught that and just refused to apply it. But that's just an example of opportunities we have to teach our children to respect other people and to have limits with other people and respect their space. That's one of the tools that boundaries give us. But the reality is that boundaries don't only limit us. Boundaries have the power and the potential to motivate us. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You see, we as parents have a unique opportunity. We have authority, and the government declares that authority ends at age 18. If we build a relationship with our children, that authority can continue past that as we continue to walk with our children. 
But for all intents and purposes, legally, we have authority over our children, over our children until they're 18 years old. We have opportunity to place limits in place. We have opportunity to place motivation in place to, to teach our children, to encourage them, to, to motivate them to accomplish things, to use their talents, to use their abilities. We have the opportunity to teach them to take responsibility for their own needs. If they need something, we have the opportunity to encourage them to apply themselves and make it happen, not just do it for them. And the reality is we have to let them do things for themselves so that they have an opportunity to learn. We can direct them. We can gently push them. But ultimately, we need to teach them through boundaries, through motivating them to, to step out and, and take care of their own needs, to, to do what needs to be done. This is very real to me with my blindness. As I grew up, my, my parents were different personalities. My mom would take care of any need that I, that I had and most of the wants if it was anywhere within her ability to provide them. She just poured into me, and she loved me. And Dad did too. But Dad was extremely good at gently encouraging me to do more than I thought I could do. He encouraged me to step out and to, and to not be afraid to try things. And it was a real blessing to me. And I know God used that to develop me and to teach me. And the amazing thing is, when I met my wife, and she's heard me say this before, but first thing was, it is an absolute miracle from the day we started dating how intuitive she was and still is, and even more so to this day, to my needs and, and being able to guide me without saying a word, just by nudges and, and twists of her hand and squeezes of her hand. And, and it's nothing that I taught her, it's just intuitive. But as part of that intuitiveness, she also is able to recognize when I quite possibly might be using my blindness as an excuse. And she has been an asset in encouraging me and continuing where my dad left off and encouraging me not to use my blindness as an excuse, but to find ways to accomplish things. And God has blessed me with her and blessed me with his spirit and his grace to minister to me. And I don't say any of this to my glory. Anything that I accomplish in my life is because God did it through me. But I see the value in motivating our children to be more than they think they can be. That doesn't mean to put a burden or a weight on them that in, in any way, but it means to lovingly encourage them and be their, be their cheerleader and challenge them. And sometimes they're going to fail. I failed. We're all going to fail as we step out and try new things. And then we need to be there to love them and encourage them and say, well, maybe you could have done this differently or maybe that just wasn't for you, but what did you learn from it anyway? And that's how we can use boundaries to, to teach them and to stretch them and to motivate them. And that's my firsthand experience with it. Another beauty of boundaries is to give our children a sense of control in their choices. They're going to have to make choices. We're going to need to allow them to make choices. We're not always going to be there. But while we have that authority, while we have that influence in their lives, we can give them opportunity to make choices, give them boundaries to make those choices within and, and guide their choices, but encourage them that it is ultimately their choice. It's one of the beautiful gifts of boundaries in, in, in the parent-child relationship. We need to show them that their opinion matters, but we need to help them process their thoughts and process their opinions. 
You say, Kevin, you're putting a lot on the kids. We've got to let them be children. We've got to let them be kids. I mean, you're, you're putting too much responsibility on them. Really? I have a question. Imagine in baseball if there was no strike zone. What if the pitcher could get up there and he could just throw the ball however high, however low, at whoever he wanted to throw it at? Would we have a baseball game? I think the, we would have nothing but no hitters. And it wouldn't last very long, would it? No one would be interested in it. No, that pitcher has boundaries of a strike zone, and let's don't pick on the umpires. I know the strike zones vary, but that's a discussion for another day. But we have strike zones because that ball has to be in a reasonable area for that batter to hit, to make it a game. Our children need boundaries. They need guidance to, to know what it means to be an adult, and we have opportunity through the years to gently guide them in their adult zone instead of their strike zone, and, and and guide them and, and help them in that. You say, going back to the statement, well, you need to let them be kids. Well, when is the magic moment that they don't have to be kids, that they can't be kids anymore? Step back and look at the world today, and you tell me how many people you see in society, how many people you see in the news have been allowed to be children and, and never asked to step up and be adults. Boundaries have never been placed on them. They've never been given responsibility until all of a sudden, so, sudden they're thrown out into the real world and they have no idea how to process the real world because it hasn't been lovingly introduced to them through parental boundaries. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. If we leave our children to themselves and just let them, quote-unquote, be children, in extreme cases where we give them no responsibility, we give them no limits, they are going to bring shame to their mother. And they're ultimately going to turn up like the person that Eric read about in the devotions this, this morning in the call to worship. And us as parents, without setting boundaries, we are approving that. We have approved that when we refused to be a parent and we refused to set boundaries for our children. Well, that's the purpose of boundaries, is to teach and to guide our children. What are the requirements of boundaries? What makes a successful boundary? Successful boundaries have to have requirements. First of all, boundaries require consequences. Remember, Moses had a boundary. He was supposed to speak to the rock. We talked about that last week. But what did he do? What did he do? He struck the rock twice. There were consequences. He didn't get to go into the promised land. David and Bathsheba, there were boundaries. He was not to pursue Bathsheba because she was a married woman. He busted those boundaries, and there were consequences. His child died. There are boundaries. There are boundaries. Successful boundaries have consequences. The reality is we may not get to do what we want when there are boundaries. We must enforce boundaries. We can't just establish a boundary and then have no consequences tied to it. Because boundaries without consequences in reality are no boundaries at all. See, today we live under grace. Under law, 
there was punishment. Under grace, there is discipline. Punishment looks back. Discipline looks forward. Punishment, punishment looks back to punish for an action with no idea of looking forward. Discipline looks at a situation and looks at the situation and moves forward from there to teach, to guide, to understand what went wrong, to address the heart issues. That's what discipline is. And that's what God does through His grace. He forgives us. He picks us up. And He longs to teach us how not to do it again. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to pay the ultimate price. Christ paid the price for us on the cross. That gives discipline its power and fulfills the penalty, the punishment for sin. You say, well, I don't want to quench my child's spirit. Your child can express themselves within limits. Their personalities can emerge within godly limits. Boundaries also require consistency. Parents can be moody. I'm one of them. And depending on how the day went, we can respond differently to things that our children do. The reality is, to have effective boundaries, we can't keep changing the rules. What if the out-of-bounds line kept moving in sports? Those of you who played volleyball, you like to spike that ball and get it as close to the line as you can. What if every time the ball was served, that, ball, that line moved two or three feet in either direction? It would get extremely frustrating, wouldn't it? And when we have inconsistency in the boundaries for our children, that's what we're doing to them. They don't know today what's going to set mom or dad off. They know what did yesterday, but they have no idea what mom or dad expects today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, we looked at last week. It said, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Inconsistent boundaries discourage our children. They provoke our children. They just, it discourages them. You say, Kevin, but I'm not consistent. My life's not consistent. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. We get back to the fact of being humble. Confess your failures to your children. Say, I'm sorry. The boundary keeps moving, and it's my fault, and it's not my desire, and I, I want you to I ask your forgiveness, and I want you to know that I am striving by the power of God to, to be more consistent in the things that I say and do. Be humble. Be real with your children. Another thing that boundaries require is pure motives. When establishing boundaries for our children, it's not about what's in it for us. Again, I am capable of setting selfish boundaries. My children may ask to do something, and I may simply say no because I don't want to hassle with it. Shame on me. Those are opportunities for me to pour into their lives to experience life with them in something that they enjoy. Our boundaries cannot be selfishly motivated on our part. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 4, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Fathers and mothers here this morning, don't make your children who you want them to be. Don't make them who you wish you would have been. 
don't try to live out what you would have wanted in your life in their life. Our challenge as parents is to help our children become who God wants them to be. Healthy boundaries don't define our children. They direct and they protect our children. It's not us trying to define who they are. We're not trying to raise up little doctors or lawyers or teachers in the image that we want them to be. We want to give them the tools to discern what God wants them to be. (coughs) Another thing that boundaries require is love. Don't withhold love from your children as a consequence of them failing to live up to your boundaries. Remember, love is patient. Love is kind. What do your children see when they sin? If you smart off again, I'm going to stop loving you. You never say that to your children, but is that what they perceive? Or do they see, I will always love you, but if you smart off again, there are going to be consequences. You're going to lose privileges. You're going to be disciplined. But I love you, and that's why there's going to be discipline. That's why there's going to be consequences. Not because you cost me something. Children compare God's love with their parents' love. They, they compare the love of God to how their parents love them. And if we as parents withhold love as punishment, then they believe that when they mess up, they have potential to believe that when they mess up, that God is going to withhold love from them. He's going to withhold relationship from them. And that's not what God's going to do. But we can portray that to our children if we're not aware of how we are responding to our children. We have to build a relationship with our children. We have to want to pour into their lives. And we talked about not being selfish in in trying to define our children. We may like to fish, but our children may not like to fish. We may like to golf, but our children may not like to golf. We need to learn what their interests are and try to learn their interests and participate in some of their interests. Build relationships with them. And finally... We have the goal of boundaries. The goal of boundaries is not, again, to control our children, to make puppets out of them. It's not to crush them, to completely break their wills. That's not the goal of boundaries. The goal of boundaries is to bring peace to our children's lives, to bring joy to our children's lives. The reality is our children are hungry for boundaries. Our children are hungry for the protection that they know that boundaries and limits bring them. Any of you who have interacted with children who are not your own, children maybe from underprivileged families, there is a program in Washington called Friends for Kids of Davis County. My wife and I were a part of it, and we got two little boys out of that. It was going on 12, 13 years ago now. We had them for a period, it was over four or five years. We were interacted with them, and they pushed their limits. And we set boundaries with them. And you could see it exposed in their lives. They appreciated those boundaries. They knew they were loved because of those boundaries. They knew we cared enough to set limits. We cared enough to guide them. Our children are hungry for boundaries. They're hungry for limits. They won't say they are. They'll try to raise up against them. But the reality is, 
when they experience boundaries, they understand the peace and the joy and the power that comes through those boundaries. Our ultimate goal in boundaries for our children is to teach them to set their own boundaries. The reality is, when they get older, we said that they're going to have to wait in life. The reality is, when they get older, the training wheels are coming off. They have to set their own boundaries. And as we have opportunity and authority and influence over them, we have an opportunity to teach them what boundaries look like, to teach them the benefit of boundaries, so that when they reach that magic adult age, that they're not going instantly from children to adult and trying to figure it all out on their own. They have an idea of what it looks like to set limits, to set boundaries, and they're still going to make mistakes, and we've got to let them make mistakes. In fact, that's part of the process of healthy boundaries is to set boundaries, let them make mistakes, teach them through those mistakes, and it may, if, if they're a little hard-headed like their parents sometimes, we may need to set new boundaries. And it, it can be an ongoing process. It is going to be an ongoing process. Our goal is to teach our children to be self-controlled. We don't want them to be like a city without walls. Our desire is for them to be self-controlled, to be calm, to be peaceful. It's not to make them dependent on us. Our goal is to point them to Jesus. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is our example. Jesus is the power, is the one who gives us the power to, to parent our children, to teach our children. Christ walked this earth and lived a perfect life. He lived a disciplined and a motivated life. He set his own perfect boundaries. And say he set his boundaries. His father did, and he followed those boundaries perfectly. His sacrifice, his death and resurrection on that cross gives us the power to do the same for our children, to, to lead them in that direction, to teach them to how to have the tools to live a life that is focused toward Christ. Our boundaries as parents should point our children to Christ's example. You say, Kevin, I get weary. Like I said a little bit ago, it's an ongoing process. We have five children. And when I started this series, I said one of my hesitations was, I don't really want to put my family under a magnifying glass and say, well, this is what Kevin said, but this is what I see. We have five children. Our first four children were girls. None of them were screamers. Our son is completely making up for that. And it has been a struggle. We, and, and it's, it's hard sometimes to be consistent. He'll just scream when he's happy. He'll scream when he's mad. He'll scream when he's sad. And my ears hurt. But we love him. And we see progress. We see that he is beginning to learn to come through that. So parents, I do understand that it does take time and it takes persistence but there will be results. There will be benefits when you faithfully look to Christ and use Christ as the model for setting limits. Screaming is not acceptable. It's out of control. Other personality traits, other sinful actions of our children are not acceptable. And we're not going to just look at them and say, you need to stop being selfish, and they're going to stop being selfish. We have to set boundaries to bring their selfishness to the surface, to draw attention to their selfishness, whatever their issue may be. 
anger, whatever it is. The purpose of the boundaries are to bring it to the surface and to deal with it and to keep them from hurting other people through it and to teach them through it. And it is going to take time. It's not going to happen instantly. But God is faithful to help us when we keep our eyes on Him. And we're not in it alone. You guys are a part of this body of Christ. There's other parents who are going through the same issues that you're going through. There's other parents who have been through the same issues that you're going through. They want to be there to encourage you. They want to be there to walk alongside of you. That's the beauty of being part of the body. You're not in this alone. And as you turn your family toward Christ and you focus toward Christ and and seek the guidance of of God and Scripture and the character, the nature of God that is laid out, as you faithfully apply and consistently apply that to your family, you will see results. It may take months. It may take years. But if you are faithful in leading your family in the way that God has ordained you to lead your family, there will be results. There will be struggles. It doesn't mean that you're going to raise perfect children. But you will have the tools, you will have the relationship that you can speak into their lives, you can walk with them in their lives. This is a fallen world. It's not a perfect world. It's not going to be the picture-perfect family because we're all sinners. But when we turn to the one who gives us the power and gives us the tools, he is faithful to help us and direct us. And I encourage you this morning with that. Setting boundaries isn't some overwhelming, daunting thing in front of you. It is a gift. It is a tool. It is a treasure to bring peace to your home, to bring peace to your children, not only in their childhood, but in their adulthood. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, I thank you for the example you give us in Scripture. The example, Lord, first of your Son and his perfect life, living within your boundaries, and to demonstrate that it is possible for us to live within your boundaries, Father. No, we're not God, but he walked in the flesh. He had the same potential for temptation that we have, Father, and he was able to overcome. And then he died on the cross to take the wrath for the consequences of our sins and to give us the power to live as overcomers, Father. And we praise you for that, God. Lord, help us as parents to apply those principles to our children. Help us to lovingly teach our children, to guide our children, to limit our children, to empower our children, to motivate our children, Father. God, by your example, by your power, Father, God, I just pray for your spirit to come down on every family in this sanctuary, every family that hears this message this morning, Lord, that, to know that there is hope, that it is, it is not this dreadful, dreadful time they have ahead of them when they put their faith and trust in you, Father. There is hope, there is power, and there will be results, Lord. I praise you, and I thank you for that, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.